0: Stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. On the line, we're joined by pediatrician Dr. Molefi Polo, who is going to assist Lizzie, as well as some of the people that called in with this very issue. Good morning, Doc.
1: Good morning. How are you,
0: Ndombe? Dark and lovely. So happy to have you on the radio.
1: right, good. Uh, Good morning to your listeners as well. Thanks for having me.
0: So we received an email from Lizzie and she writes, Hello Ndombi, my name is Lizzie. My six-year-old daughter and I recently got involved in a minor car accident. I, however, don't think the shock was minor to my child. During the accident she peed on herself so she sleeps alone and that very same night after the accident she had a nightmare and wet the bed. I thought it would pass but it seems she's gone back to wetting the bed. Mind you, she stopped wetting wetting her bed at the age of three and now almost every two days I know she's going to wet her bed. I even went back to potty training her because I don't know what to do. It's not stopping. Let's touch on the bed wetting issue. Is there a link between bed wetting and trauma when it comes to children?
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing that we maybe just need to start off with is that Generally, we expect children to really get good control of the bladder only around the age of three. Mm. Right. So that's the most important thing. So before the age of three, we don't expect that. And still, in terms of uh, uh, bed waiting, again, there is a specific diagnostic criteria that's set out with um, uh, the DSM-5. Five, five. Yeah. And there, again, the important things that you need to look at the child's age. We talk about a child that's above the age of five years, mm. right? So any child that's still under the age of five, one still has a leeway to say that, you know, if ever they do have accidents, still allowed. And it's something that they're still needing to learn yeah. in terms of uh, control, or rather when when the bladder gets full, then they're being able to control emptying the bladder properly so. Mm. Yes, there is definitely a link. There, there, there is some association between, you know, psychiatric disorders and, um, I mean, bedwetting. So, I mean, in this case where what you spoke about, the possibly, you know, post-traumatic uh, stress disorder. Yeah. But it's still important, though, to still make sure that one excludes other medical conditions because there are certain medical conditions that can actually uh, I mean present as bedwetting. Mm. and for instance we refer from in mean, uh, to things like uh, if ever you've got a child that might be having diabetes right mm-hmm. child that might be having chronic uh, uh, kidney disease and one thing that's quite common as well that we see in uh, children at uh, primary school age constipation as mm. well. So those are some of the things that one needs to make sure that they've been excluded before you can solely say that there is, uh, or rather the, 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 the bedwetting is secondary to um, in, uh, something uh, I mean, mentally or psychologically that has happened to the child.
0: Yeah. And how can Lizzie assist her child? Because uh, she's gone back to potty training with uh, the thinking that it is going to eventually get better with time.
1: All right. So, look, there's there's, there's, a, there's two ways to this. As I've mentioned, that you need to make sure that there's no medical condition. Mm-hmm. So, if there was a medical condition, then we would obviously need to treat that, yeah. right? And once that is sorted out, then we know that uh, the child will be fine. But in this instance, what one would need to do, uh, specifically in Lisa's case, is that possibly one needs to look at um, getting a therapy because again, post-traumatic stress disorder, it's quite a, a, I mean, a a thing, and uh, sometimes we tend to ignore and think that something that happens to a child, it's minor and we don't take Mm. it seriously, and um, I mean, to her, the accident might have been minor, but then to a a child, it might be a life-changing event. So that's why in this case, you know, one would say, seek seek, seek medical attention, make sure that there isn't any medical uh, disorder, but they're all they' I mean, seeing that you know, it was triggered by this accident, the child will need to be uh, have uh, I mean uh, some therapy. Mm.
0: And doc, should Lizzie be concerned?
1: Most definitely. Most definitely. So if... When it comes to developmental milestones, any form of developmental milestones, whether it's socially acceptable developmental milestones, uh, whether it's a motor, what we call gross motor developmental milestones Mm. or fine motor milestones. The moment you start having a child that's regressing, Mm. then you need to worry. The the key word is regression. The moment you have regression, then you need to worry. Then that's where you need to seek attention. And uh, I mean, uh, I think generally in, 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 in African families, you know, it will be like, oh, but it will just go away. It will just go away. Yeah. You know, it's important that we need to then seek. Uh, I mean, uh, as I said, the moment there's a reaction, seek medical attention.
0: Yeah. And what are some of the mm-hmm. other reasons that can make a child regress and go back to bedwetting?
1: Yeah. So I mean, uh, primarily, as I said, if ever you've got a child that's been that's been bullied at school, mm-hmm. right? one of the commonest things as well, if ever you've got a child that um, all of a sudden has got uh, some form of uh, uh, abuse that's happening in any way that mm. can happen I mean, that, that, that a child can get a child regressing. But then also very importantly, some of the things that's important, as I said, constipation is one of the biggest problems that we see in children at this age, wow. around the age of six. So if ever you've got a child that's battling with bowel movement and they're really not getting full control on emptying their bladder, then you end up with a child that would work. And it's important for us to acknowledge that uh, enuresis, which is bedwetting, the mm-hmm. medical term for enuresis. so there is, I mean, uh, what we call nocturnal enuresis, where the child will bedwet, or you have a child that's just uh, not having good control over the bladder during the day, mm. or you can have a combination of uh, children that have poor control over the bladder during the day and nighttime.
0: Mm. There's a 15-year-old yeah. boy who currently lives in one of the centers. Uh, one of our listeners sent a voice note actually quite concerned about this 15-year-old boy who wets uh, the bed at 15 years old. His confidence is at an all-time low. Um, even where he sleeps, the whole room, um, it, it reeks of the smell of urine. Every single morning, he has to do the embarrassing walk, and that's to take his mattress out to uh, drink riot out in the sun and of course this this messes with his confidence and and, and etc so a 15 year old boy struggling to control um his bowel movements and 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 struggling with bedwetting what could be the reason
1: all right so in that case one is more inclined to worry about especially if you're saying the child is staying in a home or yes. a center you know one is much more inclined to worry about uh, I mean uh, psychological. I mean uh, factors, mm. especially issues with uh, whether has there been consistency in terms of mentally, uh, I mean, uh, developing this child. So those are some of the things that you start worrying about. But then again, it still goes back. If you've got a child that has had a chronic, uh, I mean, kidney disease and that hasn't been diagnosed, yeah. Yeah. right? then you know, one needs to look at that. So in that instance, that's something else. And then at this age as well, I mentioned diabetes as well. Mm. So it's important as well that we make sure that there isn't anything like that. But of note, though, is that yes, as you correctly said, the one thing that happens is that when you've got an older child that's still having issues with bedwetting, ultimately, that affects the psychological state of the child and you get this vicious circle mm. where the child really doesn't get any progression if you don't find appropriate intervention mm-hmm. there's obviously medication to help to stop the production of um, of, uh, of 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 urine but it's only important that that's only done once you have excluded all the other important uh, costs that i mentioned
0: i see what about the caregivers mm. the parents when a child wets the bed it is frustrating because it's just something that affects the whole family um, how do we as the parents of a child who's wetting the bed handle this situation from a support point of view
1: key mm. is the support mm. it's very important You know, what I normally say, once you have a child that seems to be having problems where they look like as if they're regressing, it's important that we try and support the child and not blame the child, Yeah. right? That's extremely important. So I think from a perspective, and that's why they talk about conditional therapy to treat bedwetting. So in a case of conditional therapy, you need the buy in from the parents mm. so the parents should um, you know be be, be be willing to help the child so in that instance it's still important that the child doesn't get the blame to say that they're regressing rather we support the child and then with conditioning therapy then you're looking into things like getting alarms there are bed alarms that you can put in where mm. that will wake the child up If ever the child wants the bed the parents should be willing to help the child wake up take mm. the baby to mm. the, to to to, to, to the bathroom as well. So those are some of the things that are important. And then look into either trying to have a limit in terms of uh, amount of fluids, have a cut-off time that, um, I mean, you give the child, let's say around, yes. maybe if the child is to sleep at seven and then maybe cut off the uh, active fluid intake a bit, uh, an hour or two before the, the child goes to bed. So mm. that's important. Yeah. Mm.
0: So mm. shouting at them and shaming them is definitely not going to help. Doc, contact details. Where can people get a hold of you?
1: All right. I am based at uh, Park Lane Hospital, yes. and then uh, also uh, do sessional work as well at Wusser Hospital. That's out in Parktown and Fontaine. And um, I'm uh, unfortunately not on uh, social media, but uh, we do have uh, our website, drmjpolu.co.za, Dr. and then uh, we do have an active line, 081-362-1904.
0: Repeat that number again doc for us. 081 yes. 362
1: 1904.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you so much we Have a good day further.
0: You too. We just had a wonderful conversation with Dr. Molefi Polo, uh, a pediatrician, uh, talking about wetting the bed and how it could potentially be a psychological problem and uh, Radio 2000 podcast. to do is maybe connect him to the doctor and see how we can help this boy